Okay, we are recording. I think Jack is also recording on the Netlink right now, so oh, is she? we gotta get that pretty soon. Good thing I updated the file. Did you? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. Yeah. Do you have it on the computer still? I do, I just okay, I cool. was starting to work on that and then I got distracted. Well, maybe, so I'll... should we just put it at the beginning of this one? Like where Josh cuts off? Mm. Just start it and then run it and then go into this one? We could. I, I was thinking just I'd just change the title to say like fixed, fixed or something mm -hmm. at the beginning in parentheses. Sure. So, so oh. sorry to the, the listeners that the... <laughs> that uh, of the of last week's episode where things got cut I, off I guess soon. just cut off. At yeah, some when point. Josh is like, do you know what the rules are for Apple products and movies? <laughs> And then it just like hangs. I haven't listened. <laughs> but Jackson uh, said that the outro music is still on it. Huh. So the the very end, so there's just dead air for like fifteen minutes. <laughs> and then it's like dang delay delay delay. Oh man. That's funny. Well, everybody, I'm Tyler. And I'm Lenny. And this is the Lenny and Tyler show. show. And uh all right, so I have the actual Gmail account open now. Oh, nice! <laughs> Is it, was there anything? There was one piece of mail, possibly from after we actually recorded last week. Okay, it's from Gus Goldberg, our loyal fan. Loyal fan. Random qu question, boys. What makes you most nostalgic? For instance. Lenny probably knows that I have been really nostalgic lately because of the Tony Hawk release, but I'm thinking about what memories hold in our minds. The taste of really cold air is also a super nostalgic thing for me. Oh, nice. Oh, man. Okay. Like, the first thing that came to mind I can't talk about on here. <laughs> Fair enough. But I'll maybe talk to you about it after talk to Lenny about it but um so you go and I'll see if I can think Come of something, something else. else yeah <clears throat> um actually smoky summers are very nostalgic I think just oh like yeah the summer yeah just that's the, the smell of like distant forests burning it's actually like kind of fond <laughs> really because I think it's just like a lot of good like summertime memories like either at camp or just ah, like the land is hey, burning yeah up. it's like <laughs> Hanging Our out world is late nights in the summers, or like or like going to camp when I was like in high school, and just like that kind of like slightly smoky smell mm -hmm. in the air every every year when it happens. I'm always like, oh yeah, it's kind of it just like brings back lots of good fond memories. Yeah, mm -hmm. what I guess what brings back really fond memories for me is, and I've been doing this the last couple of summers, is going tubing down Rock Creek because mm -hmm. we just did that. <clears throat> We called the tour to Rock Creek, nice. and we would uh, do that every, every summer, like, endlessly growing up down there. It's about a 40-minute float, and it's, like, really a fun float where it's kind of dangerous. Um, so it's, it's not... It's, some spots. Yeah, it's yeah. fast and kind of rapid -y and, like, D Daniel, <laughs> when he was out here, he would with me and he went under a tree and I had to pull him out from oh, no. this tree. I was certain that his tube was going to pop. Yeah. Like it got caught in there and it was, it took me, 
it took about five minutes to get him out and then to get the tube out. And I just, the whole time, we're only like 10 minutes into the float. <laughs> and I'm like, crap, he's gonna, the tube's going to pop at any second now. And that sucks. Then it's like over. Then it's hard. Yeah. But anyways, I got out of that one. And uh, there's been so many good stories on that river. Garth and I getting back our... River the, beer, the river the beer that floated beer. back to you. It floated back to us <laughs> after an hour and a half of losing it <laughs> upstream. <laughs> I remember it was, that story. That was yeah, so funny. That was <clears throat> one of the highlights of my life. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of, just like just tootling down the yeah. river, right? Just like, duh, 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 here it is. Yeah. Finally made its way back home. Um, the prodigal beer. Yeah, so for you, the smoky air. Yeah. Did yeah. What kinds of things would you do? Like with your family or friends? In the summer? Part of it, I just remember like being up, up at like, um, like church camp uh-huh. or whatever, and just like basically, like unless you were like at some of the programs during the day, you were just goofing off and like mm-hmm. we, were, we always were like caused trouble too, like trying to sneak out of the cabins and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So like that's really fun, and then sometimes. Uh, <clears throat> Through the summers, we would, like, just do fall thing and stuff, but do it, like, super late at night. Oh, nice. Some of those memories of just, like, hanging out with friends. And... Yeah. Filling showers full of water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that would have been a little bit later even than those stories, but, yeah. <clears throat> that, was a, that was a good story. Yeah. <laughs> One point, we decided we could fill, uh, like, a, it was like a group shower space. So and we put we put up boards and I think just trash bags for yeah. like to seal it and we turned on all the showers and tried to like flood it because there was some scuba equipment that we also had access to <laughs> <laughs> and so then I went to this is what Walmart makes me nostalgic about because oh, nice. I'm trying to never go to Walmart yeah. um, but <laughs> and so we went to Walmart in the late night and bought a bunch of goldfish <laughs> And then dumped it, dumped all these goldfish into this flooded, like, shower area. And then some people tried to scuba dive around it. <laughs> Didn't you say that one guy yeah, swallowed it? Yeah, he's like, I, yeah, they're just like, I can hit a goldfish. Because that's like a thing you see yeah. on TV or whatever. It just puked right oh. away. Just like swallowed into it. Into the just, shower? Like, yeah, into the pool. <laughs> into the just right back out into the flooded shower area. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. All right. What else? I like what else it. Makes you nostalgic. Uh, oh, music. Just, I think some music. I guess smells and sounds. All those other, those mm-hmm. other senses that kind of like cue into something that, or hit that nerve in your brain. It's like, yeah. Oh yeah, this memory. Well, I think I've beat this horse many times on here but like the rock and professional wrestling oh yeah and then also garth brooks just yeah it reminds you of being yeah 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 i guess you, you talk about nostalgic stuff quite a bit huh? i guess so <laughs> i'm just not as nostalgic i guess well i had just i had written a thing on uh yeah i had written a, a thing on like country music stuff yeah. that maybe has been floating or I think 
when we were first starting the yeah, podcast that yeah. I had just written on some stuff like that, so it kept popping up. So, what sorts of things were you interested in when you were a little kid? Oh man, that's a good question. I have no memories of anything. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, what else? I was into Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. And video games. Um, was into Star Wars. Pretty good. I was into disrupting my class at school. Were you? <laughs> yeah. Not like, I wasn't like the main antagonist class clown like every single day. Yeah. But I felt like I just like saved it up for some good ones or whatever. Yeah. I just remember getting in trouble for like drawing like a, <laughs> like every, I think it was once a month we had like a swim day or whatever. Because I went to like a smaller private school elementary and so I had goggles from the swim day and so I remember getting in trouble because they drew like this it was two different masks that I made one day it was a fly and the other one was like a just like a green alien or whatever and then I made this like face cut it out cut out the eye holes put it on and then put the goggles over <laughs> the eye holes and then just sat quietly until, <laughs> until the teacher realized why other kids were being distracted. <laughs> but I feel like all my parent-teacher conferences, they were like, well, he's very creative. But... <laughs> I think I also just always, and I still like this, like feed off the energy of other people quite a bit. Uh -huh. So if I can get like everybody else riled up about something, like I feel super excited about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Oh, let's make sure that this is still. Still clicking away. Still recording. Phone went to sleep. <clears throat> we had to record on my phone tonight because I. Painted the stairs at the gallery, and I think the microphones at the top of the yeah, stairs. Yeah, sure the microphones at the top. Of the I put that together after we got off the phone. I was like, "Oh, and he can't go get it because yeah. it's up the stairs." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, I have the Jackson minute ready. Oh, okay, yep. It's hey guys, Jackson minute. Uh, Lenny, you should know by now that you never remember any of your passwords. Never, ever. <laughs> Uh, camping was really good. Um, I was so proud of the boys for making it down the mountain um, or up to Mystic Lake. And um, Elliot has not changed his mind. He still thinks that I, mm -hmm. it was not worth the effort put into it. <laughs> um, I wanted to say that I don't just like socks for Christmas. I like practical gifts for Christmas. So if you give me Christmas socks on Christmas, I don't like that because it's not practical. But I do like um, regular socks. That's a great gift. And then I wanted to ask a question, Tyler. Do you think oh, this is a question for you based off of the the Robert podcast two podcasts ago? Um, do you think that if you're walking in the spirit or you're walking in your gifting that that makes you extroverted or that you should be extroverted? I was a little bit I was a little confused on what your thoughts for that were. And if you have the missing minutes with Josh Llewellyn, uh, please find them and let us hear them because that was going to be awesome. <laughs> All right, have a great podcast, guys. <clears throat> nice. Um, yeah, I guess I feel like I'm most extroverted 
um, and it's not, yeah, it's, I guess it wouldn't be extroversion if, if, uh, being around people taxed you and, um, so like you're putting on a facade to be around people mm -hmm. that would be kind of falling more into the category of actually you're kind of more, uh, introvert, right? So I think sure. when I am in the spirit or led by the spirit, um, I can just kind of go from one activity to the next, to the next, I can be okay being alone and I can be okay being in front of a group of people, being a part of a group of people. I can be okay jumping onto a podcast, having nothing really, um, you know, what about like painting or something that's like solid, more solitary? Um, well, I, but that's, what does that have to do with extroversion and introversion? <clears throat> I guess it is it, because if you're painting by yourself, but you felt like that's what you're supposed to be doing right then, yeah. you would have the energy to do it and it wouldn't be, it would, it wouldn't be, you say it wouldn't necessarily be introversion because just because you're solitary. I think it yeah. is like introversion, you're like just filling up solitary and extroversion, you're filling up um, yeah. with other people. Maybe the other, I, I think that uh, I'm just a little hesitant of like yeah. the, the, the we splitting. We don't believe the, the false the, dichotomy. The, yeah, that we have there. Mm -hmm. Maybe what it somewhat would be, would be something like, okay, we're called to... Like driven almost or something? Uh, well, we're called to both love God and love our neighbor. And so I, I've thought in, in the past about that there's a, a, a cycle there that mm -hmm. you kind of have to, that I feel I need to go through of, <clears throat> okay, I go out into the world and I kind of yeah. love um, those in Around my path yeah. as best I can. Uh, but then, but then there is at some point where maybe I, um, the world's a tricky place and I've definitely failed like big time in navigating that. And so I, I come to realize that like, oh, if I'm going to love the world effectively, then I need to get in touch not only with the spirit, but also like read what it has been left sure, for me yeah. and become educated. Yeah. And those tend to be more solitary quote unquote introvert activities yeah even though it's not necessarily yeah, yeah. okay yeah yeah um i think even jesus is like in big groups of people constantly but he's always like sneaking away as well yeah right. so it's like a bunch of external things and then also internal get away recharge yeah get back to external yeah the the part where he goes into the wilderness i think the text says he went into the wilderness for 40 days so that he could be tested mm. by the yeah. by the accuser by satan um so it's after his 40 days of like being in the spirit with god that he's at his strongest and and most capable of um of defending himself against the temptations interesting of the yeah accuser <clears throat> that's interesting and even though he hasn't been eating those 40 days, you're saying it's still, it's part of his connection. Yeah. Well, right. Cause yeah. he says it's not by 
Yeah. It's not by food. Right along. Yeah. Yeah. Right along. But the con- it's the constant um, stream of God's word to us. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, today I was running, this is the first time in, ever in my life that I've been able to maintain, like, daily uh, physical exercise um, for the past month and a half or about two months now. And I was thinking about the word faithfulness mm. and that I think it is to be faithful is that just that showing up again and again and again. Um, not just in the times when you want to do it, but almost more so in the times when you really don't want to. Yeah. And, um, yeah, because if it's just in the times you want to do it, then faithfulness is hard to kind of like attribute to that. You know, it's just like, you're just like getting paid every time you show up or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But the faithfulness shown is like, yeah, the times when you're like, I really don't want to do this, but I'm going to anyway. Like that is the like, the continuing, you know, the conti- continuing of it. Yeah. There's something too, like, just your own thought process. I think when you're walking or like, just like working out or whatever, it does seem to, like that time does seem like a good time to like your brain just is kind of like grinding through different thoughts too. I think I'm at least remember that from the times that I was more regularly active that like you kind of just are just stuck in your own head or like, or like hikes, even on the hike we did recently, you kind of are mm-hmm. just like stuck in your own head and you're just walking. So your body, your blood flows moving, you know, as so you're still pumping oxygen to your brain and you just are just kind of stuck in your own head, you know, mm-hmm. and there's something, there's something really cool about, the things you think about when you're just walking or running or just out. Yep. Um, oh, there was... I felt like... Okay, there was something I... Some other point I wanted to make in there, but... It's um, probably The gone. desert and the wilderness, and it was the... Bread alone... It was something to do with introvert, extrovert, mm-hmm. but... Uh, <clears throat> the false dichotomy. Yeah. But it's gone. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Sorry for... Um, so, well, we also use both those things to, like, avoid pain problems, too. Yeah. So if you're just extroverted, you never have to spend time with yourself... I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. And if you're just introverted, you never have to spend time taking anybody else's opinions or thoughts. You know, I think there's, there's two very unhealthy ways of being around people all the time or never being around people for yeah. your own, like, selfish interests, really. Yeah. Or your own protection interests, anyway. Maybe, yeah, and that's where I like this other way of thinking of it, mm-hmm. of, of love your neighbor and your... Yeah. Love, love God and your neighbor. Yeah. And you know, you go do the one you love you love God, so you go to the scriptures, um, or in prayer, uh, commune with the spirit. And pretty soon you start to get a sense of what you're supposed to go do in the world, and then it's by faith that you go do that. Then you're out there in the world doing that and you start to realize, Oh my gosh, I need help in this, so I need to go back, back to, the, to yeah. the yeah, yeah, that's really good to the spirit. So I, I think it's 
it is a cyclical thing. Um, but uh, yeah, what what have you been thinking about lately? <clears throat> I've been really into um, watching. I've been telling you this. Oh yeah, so I've been telling everybody this. Okay, you um, told me just a little bit of it. Yeah. Match. I want to get the title right. So Oliver North's. Oliver Stone. That's what I think it is. I was like, really? Huh, isn't that good on Fox News? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Oliver Stone. So, yeah. Um, uh, okay, so it's Oliver Stone's The Untold History of the United States. Okay. And it's on Netflix. I guess it aired in 2012 and 2013. Weird. I didn't know that. I thought it was like new. <laughs> um, oh. uh, but he's done quite a few other. Like, I feel like his vibe is America's awesome, but the government cannot be trusted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, if I can find his. One of July. Midnight Express, Scarface. Oh, he did Scarface? Um, Wait. Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps. The Doors. Uh, so then, yeah, he's American Presidency, JFK. Uh, he did Nixon, he did W, and then he did Snowden. Okay. So the Snowden movie, and then the W movie. So there's a few. Like, obviously, he's very much in that. Um, in the you know pol- political sphere yeah. of storytelling as well. Okay. So at the beginning, he kind of comes on. And he's like, instead of doing another movie, I kind of wanted to just go over the history that I never got taught, and that from what I can tell, my kids are not getting taught okay. when they're in school. And so the series starts out with World War Two. Um, and then I've watched that one, and then the one on. Um, FDR, Churchill, and Stalin. Okay. And then the third episode was on Tru- uh, Truman and the bomb. Um, so it's kind of just like going through those those years. Yeah. But it's just, I don't know, it's been really, I feel like it's a really better, like, cohesive story of what's going on globally and not just what relates only to the United States. Like, the, one of the first World War II battles was between Italy and Ethiopia. <laughs> Oh. I don't think I don't think of okay. Italy versus Ethiopia when I think World War Two, you know. Yeah. And then just a lot more focus on how much how much of like the Russian battles took place. Like there's way less media about that, but there's mm-hmm. like way more oh, depth. Yeah, yeah, at least over, yeah, for Western culture and Western history, like because like, immediately like following that then we it's the cold war it. so yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> don't want to give them credit for any of the yeah but yeah they basically did bleeding lot. out the Nazis on their front before yeah anything else but it's like, yeah, really so, sad how many oh man I think died. I knew you would need to look it up again but I think there was like there was one battle where the Russians lost more people than every other country did through the rest of the war so like just had so much and then even watching some of the propaganda from Russia during those times like they just turned all of their like resources into industry to make war materials and like it's like everybody has to get on board we like fight to the death blood for blood 
against the Nazis, like, this is life or death, and if anybody tries to run away, shoot him in the back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, just, like, we're all in this, or we're screwed. So Was yeah. that, is that called Total War? Oh, I don't know. Probably. Where, where every man Civilian child and everything. Is, yeah, is that kind of makes sense. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway, I've, I've been watching a few episodes of that, and I just, I imagine I was going to, like, click it on for a few minutes and be like, oh, interesting. Turn it off, but I ended up, like, Staying up super late multiple nights now, just oh, wow. like watching these episodes of how many episodes? How many look back? I think it's only like nine or ten or something. Um, okay, and I think it looks like it goes just maybe barely through the beginning of the Obama administration. Okay, um, but yeah, I'm All excited right. to like yeah, we'll check gonna, it out. Yeah, and I'd like you to watch it too and let me know what you think. Okay, you got some time. Yeah. Gus uh, texted me the other day to see if I'd ever read The Abolition of Man mm. by C.S. Lewis, and I didn't think that I had, but I, I have, and then I was I was listening to it, and I was like, oh yeah, I did read this, but it is, listening to it, I, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to sit and actually read, read this and again. Read through it again. And I know that when I read it like five or six years ago that I didn't get it at all. Nice. But I, I think I could get it now, but it's still one of those yeah. that's like... Yeah. But I think mostly it's an argument for just, like, objective truth. Mm. Uh, what are you abolishing? Man. Man. <laughs> yeah. Mankind. Mankind is made up of two words. Mank... And eind. We may never know what this means. It's <laughs> <laughs> one of those, uh, was it, was it named, like Jack Handy? It's like Deep Thoughts with Jack Handy or whatever. <laughs> just a bunch of stupid stuff like that. Oh, I'm having chest pains. Oh no. <sighs> Sip it on. Oh, you know, I think I think the only I I do remember maybe what I was going to say before is like that there there's kind of this right like uh, to be fully human in Genesis like mm-hmm. the idea is that we are image bearers of God mm-hmm. so uh, like Tom Wright I've heard him talk about it as like almost like think of it as like a tilted mirror where we reflect. Maybe I did say this uh, to uh, um, Robert, but like a tilted mirror where we reflect God to the world and then the, sum up the praises of the world and reflect them back to God. Mm, mm-hmm. um, but if we turn that mirror and only reflect the world to the world, we're reflecting that which is, uh, that has no life in itself back to back itself back so it can it <clears throat> and, it's just like and diminishing it just gets darker and darker and darker yeah and idolatry is the putting first of the it's it's actually the, the worship of something that is itself good and created uh within the world but putting that before god and it again in and of itself has no life so when we do that, that's actually where 
death comes in because we've erred. Cut it off from the light that was making it good in the first place. Because we've missed the mark of what our vocation was. was. Our vocation was to reflect God's goodness yeah. to it and its praises back to god yeah but we've turned the mirror yeah and are just reflecting it endlessly back to itself but it there's no life in that yeah so yeah. or like the, this is a mirror like even just light there's no light in it if you like yeah are trying to reflect something that even had light on it at one point but you take it away from the light source to reflect it then it just goes dark yep <clears throat> like the moon yeah um, like yeah, like yeah. We're, we're all kind of supposed to be like little moons. Little moons. A little bit. Also, I recently heard about like why that's so interesting because like as image bearers, like we are images of God. And the thing is like one of the ten or the early commandments, you know, is just like don't make false images. Right. Cause, and so also it's like we are removing our role that we're supposed to be having and putting it as something else too. Yeah. Like we're supposed to be the idols of God. Like we are we are what someone looks to, you know, and then like brings glory to God from that. Like you would look at an image to, of a God and pray to that God. We're supposed to be images of this living God that like brings glory to that idea of a living God. And the second we put that somewhere else, we've like abdicated our role as these yeah. images of yeah of the God, which I thought was like really interesting of like idols. I always think of idols as like, oh yeah, I don't worship something else. But it's always like, you're also like giving up like the one important purpose that you have as well by making it idle, you know? Yep. Yeah. You know, the, the part where, uh, the Sadducee or, uh, yeah, I think it's the Sadducees. They come to Jesus with two questions. And the first is about, should we pay taxes to Caesar? And then he says, well, he says, whose image is on this? And the word for image or icon is the same that's used for a back image. in oh, yeah. uh, Genesis. So then he says, well, you know, render up to Caesar's what is Caesar's and render up to God what is God's. So if you yourself are yeah. the image bearer of God, then give yeah. your whole self yeah. to God. And it, and it says, you know, you read that. and Sorry, my phone was ringing for a second. You read that and uh, and it's like, oh, that well, that was good. But it, what it says right after that, too, is that they all went away astonished. Yeah. So this somehow <laughs> was like a mic drop moment. Yeah. And I think that that's lost on us a little bit. Right. Yeah. We just don't have the same context or the same language to realize what he's pulling from. Yeah. But, as, you know, as they were all like, because Jesus was very well schooled, you know, to the fact that even when he was little, he was still like teaching from the Torah. Yeah. And so these people have both have all like read these early text for a lot of their life yeah right <laughs> and for him to be able to pull something from that to be like oh hey yeah this is the the real answer to your question has nothing to do with your question whatsoever yep. <laughs> which is what's so great about like almost everything that he says is just and then the other part that's cool uh about like being image bearers of god and and like temple theology so the, mm-hmm. the first temple right is the garden Right, right. Um, it, where God dwelt. So the, the garden is the place where heaven and earth come together. Where man and God are yeah, living in the same. Yeah. Right. So um, where image bearers and actually apparently God himself like walked in the garden. Mm-hmm. So he, he made his home there. Then later, uh, when we've fallen away from the garden, then we built the tabernacle. And, and then later the temple. And the, those places are 
the place where Where heaven and earth earth are together. And inside of a temple in any other religion would be where you would put an icon that that is the (laughs) image of whatever that god or goddess is. And yet, yeah, we don't, the Jewish people don't do that. They don't make graven images of them. Right. Then somewhere, I think it's what, like 500 or 600 BC, I think God leaves the temple, his presence leaves the temple. But then, of course, it's, you know, Christianity believes that Jesus is, like when he's baptized, is indwelt by the Spirit. So he becomes the new temple so that when he then later says, you know, that, that when his uh, followers oh, are yeah, like, like, like amazed, by, yeah, like amazed by it is. Yeah. Yeah, the temple, he says, oh, that's coming down. He's like, but I'll tell you what, though, I'll raise it back up in three days. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> And honestly, it's also interesting that the, that temple actually does go down, I think, by like 70 AD. Mm-hmm. It's like within like that generation, really, right. or like the next generation, it's like that and, temple does get torn down. And then, of course, you have the resurrection of three days of his... Yep his story and to be fair like that's where most people read that and go oh well they wrote that after the fact to make sense of and to give some sure you sure, know kind yeah. of mm-hmm. um, to kind of bolster what was going on there but mm-hmm. there's actually quite a few historical arguments that i've been coming across that are pretty compelling for why it's very possible that not only that that the gospels were written maybe fairly early on or at the very least the oral uh tradition of them had taken shape real quick pretty pretty early on pretty pretty early Mm -hmm. on before paul um you know is writing in 50 and 60 um 80 and um and even i mean potentially that luke he's writing acts and it's this story of paul halfway yeah, through yeah and, and he goes back and then fills in the the precursor story from luke and then goes into acts yes right so luke uh the gospel of luke and then right after that it just picks right up with acts which is like the most amazing yeah. i mean it really is good i mean it's just the it's just the old timey season two They're like, yeah and season two yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, but the the reason why it it like it's it's conceivable that maybe um, Luke might have might have been written right around the same time as Paul or Paul's letters. But, but, well, for one, Luke is there with right, Paul, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it might be that he was writing Acts kind of as a because um, he's like a lawyer and he's maybe writing to the Romans to the Roman officials this story of here's how we got here because Paul's just about to go before. Yeah. Oh, I know. Um, I bring up Bible yeah. project a lot, but they recently did a, uh, uh, podcast about how letters were written back in the day. And it was really interesting. It is kind of like more like a group effort of a letter. Oh yeah. And it's really expensive. Cause you have to get someone who can write and then you have to get the materials for it. And then, everybody kind of chips in and, and Paul especially Paul was like oh hey like hello all these people I'm writing to yeah. from all of these people I'm with right now oh yeah, yeah the idea that like it was probably fairly collaborative of like you had some of the ideas put together and some of the 
or even like a podcast, you know, so yeah, it gives them any ideas ready for like what you wanted to say and some of the points you wanted to make. But then other people are like kind of like adding in, like throwing in these like other things that describe as like fitting into the overall body of the text and then they send it off, you know, sure. it's yeah. not just one person sitting at a desk and writing it out. Like we think of letter writing yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even Paul, uh, in one of them, he says, and look how big my own handwriting right. is. Right, yeah, so he like, jumps in so, and, like, writes, he's like... Which is cool. Yeah, and, <laughs> so... Um, Especially when it's, like, really expensive, right. or so it's, like, like, a rare material. like, also scribes had to write, like, really tiny, yeah. because you're feeling, you're using as much of the space as you can, <laughs> you know, you want to put as many words. Yeah. But there's only, like, and Paul's letters for that time period are, like, crazy long compared to everything else we found. We found, like thousands and thousands of letters from that time period and Paul's are that's like true far and away like yeah I just heard this podcast oh, did you just listen to <laughs> it too yes but, so like, but the interesting thing though is that though his letters are longer they're actually so much in the amount of letters so few relative to somebody like Cicero or yeah, something like that yeah I was just listening to this that great Cicero conversation Cicero was like the same time period that they have a, yeah a long time. <clears throat> Um, I was just listening to this great conversation between Tom Wright and uh, Tom Holland, and they were they were Tom Holland is this uh, kind of non-believing guy who he he just he wrote some article that I want to go and read on. He's like what I it's called like what I got wrong, and he's realizing that really you like as he's studied. Um, ancient Rome and ancient Greece he realizes how foreign and like brutal and horrible that culture is and that everything that we have that's that's like good and all like human rights and yeah. just like everything comes from Christianity and really comes from Paul oh, and yeah. and how uh, and the Gospels, but mm-hmm. but like Paul especially, and how all these other you know the the Greek philosophers and the Romans and everything, they you know wrote tons and tons and tons of stuff on ethics and different different things, and here with Paul you have something that you can read basically in one night, like yeah, I mean you can, it's you hold you can hold the whole thing between your fingers and it's not very big yeah yeah and it cha- it has changed the face the, of the earth <laughs> the face of the earth yeah yeah and it is it is like funny they were talking about how like imagine jesus this 33 year old guy and he's like we're gonna we're starting a revolution and he's brought together these all all the second rate the people yeah, the, the, the guys who yeah. couldn't who weren't scholars because mm-hmm. if they were the head of their class, they would have they wouldn't have been, been fishermen. Yeah, yeah, they would have been disciples of some other rabbi already. Yeah, yeah. And he says, "We're going to change the world." And Peter, you're going to be the rock on which I build this thing. Yeah. And then here we are, two thousand years later, and it like actually <laughs> it happened. actually yeah. happened. Whether yeah. any of us want to admit mm-hmm. that or not, I think that we do take well, it take so much of it from for granted mm-hmm. but just the, well even the, like paul being like hey you need to treat the slave that ran away yep. he's going to come back but you need to treat him like a brother when he comes back yeah like we still like we 
just barely stopped having slavery, and there's still a huge problem of like treating people to eat yeah. at the same table like you would family, yeah. <laughs> you know. And so yeah. it's like it's still an issue we deal with today, and it's like it's, it was just as wild of a thing to be like you have to eat with this slave like you would your brother, <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. Oh, good stuff. Um. Anyway, for all for the things that we still like want to pick out and be like, how is that? That doesn't sound fair. That doesn't sound right. Like usually with the cultural context of whoever he's writing to, you can come up with at least a half a good reason of why he said that. And then two, compared to all of the things, like I said, that modern culture or like Western culture has gotten from the idea of like loving other people versus just Western philosophy from just like the Greeks and stuff. There's yeah. so many great advances that have come from just the effort of taking care of each other rather than just uh logical superiority of you know yeah the culture yeah versus uh a roman um i I mean sadly it still feels like we're in this in a bit of this we have this culture still today of like we can tout the like roman uh caesar um like would go around touting how many people he had killed to like bolster his mm-hmm. I mean it's power reveling in its brutality. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't think we're quite well, I don't know, maybe we are kind of still caught in that. In that. But, well, I think humans just aren't that different than we But we know that been. it's but we're not I think on the whole we don't revel in that. Or yeah, or at least a lot or at least our, I don't know, it's hard because then like our media still revels in like graphic violence, you know, like we still, mm-hmm. I still watch shows about murders that have like, make me like, Oh gross. I don't want to see that, but I'm going to keep yeah. watching the next episode anyway. You yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> so in some ways we're still just as like spurred on by like that violence, but it does seem like culturally we are like shunning, like just mass violence for no reason. But that, actually that kind of reminded me of the history thing again. Like, I was like, well, 1944 is not that long ago, and both of my great grandmothers who I've spent lots of time with, and they're past now. But I was like, they lived through this whole time period. Yeah. Like, this was not very long ago, and this is so many people dying in such brutal conditions, like everywhere through Europe, and especially in, like in yeah, in Russia, and all those like just seeing these cities that are, were just like totally dead, like just destroyed, and ones that in modern day you can look and like it's totally rebuilt now but I'm like that was not even like a hundred years ago that like it was you know it's like barely yeah. 80 years ago yeah and I'm like oh wow that's I don't know it kind of just sunk in like how close that much violent was and it does make sense why after that people are trying to say like okay how can we reorganize the world so that this never happens anymore like mm-hmm. what kind of global you know injunctions and governments and rules can we put up to keep this from being as dramatic as it is as it was for world war ii yeah what do you think how did we <laughs> how did we do it <clears throat> well it's kind of weird because isn't the 1984 one where all the main continents stay peaceful but they just fight over that chunk of north africa and the middle east back and forth to keep the war machine going is that That's actually the, what happens that's the, yeah oh. in 1984 you have the ice you have like Asia, which has too many people to take. United States, which has two oceans in between it, so it's, like, too far away. Okay. And you have to do, like, a naval uh, attack. 
and then you have Russia, which is too big. There's too big of a landmass. And those are like the three countries that exist in oh, 1984. Yeah. But in order to keep all of their wars, peace, and their like war profitability going, they just fight over this chunk of like North Africa and the Middle East and just kind of trade it back and forth through battles to, so they always have that war industry cranking around. Oh, <laughs> oh no. It's too real. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah, anyways, well. Yeah, that, just living in that, lip, like, the world is horrible and violent and terrible, but there's so much good to be made in it as well be found and to be made yeah you know i guess we can look at this and and kind of start to become a little uh nihilistic and Mm -hmm. um you can but i think what's okay so jesus uh so that yeah it kind of comes back to this uh like what are the two most important, or what What are the, what's the most important command? Right, right? Yeah. He says, and the guy says to him, uh, love, love God and love your neighbor. And Jesus says, yep, that's right. And then they say, well, who's my neighbor? And then he goes into the parable about the, uh, like, <clears throat> the, uh, half, the good, the good yeah, Samaritan. Yeah, like half breed Jewish, like they're, they live next to us, but they're not like us and they have their own stuff and they're, yeah. you know, and like. So I think, anyways, my takeaway from that is um, that your neighbor is whoever is in your path who needs help. Right. And now we li- we do live in a time where our path is because of the internet, the oh, whole yeah. world. So I think that we have to <laughs> we've got to we've got to get a little more practical, maybe kind of. Like, go, okay, like, if a nurse goes into a room full of a hundred hurting, dying soldiers, and she tries to help everyone, she'll help very, she'll help none of them very well. But if she's able to focus on a few of them, she might save some of their lives. Yeah, some sort of, like, global triage. Yeah, so I think... What's the most important and what's the most accessible to me that I can love? Yeah, and that's where I would think that it does come down to each of us, yet through prayer and through, through listening, the yeah. scriptures, mm-hmm. going, what would, okay, like we show up, because if Jesus, if the kingdom of God has come here, is being launched through Christ's death and resurrection, that the new creation is coming, and that Paul and everybody else, the Gospels are going around saying, okay, Caesar is not Lord. He is not divine. Right. He's not the Lord of this world. Actually, the Messiah of Israel, who bodily came back from the dead, is has conquered death. And that means <laughs> that he's Lord. So we that means, like, I don't think we think of kingdoms anymore. Like, and Ooh, going before yeah. a king and going before and kneeling down and going, I'm your servant. Like, oh, what would you have me do? I love uh, 
in the first Avengers movie. Yeah. When Loki's like, Neil, he like slams the staff <laughs> on the ground. And then he's like, this is what you were made for. Like, this is like, you, you like abdicating your power to someone above you. Sure. And humans do this all the time. They say like, okay, yeah. just tell us what to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that idea of like position of like worship before a king or like in our like where we're saying like before the king of creation you know there's something it's kind of built into humans to like say like okay i'm on board just like tell me what i'm supposed to be doing so i don't have to make that decision almost you know it's like it's great yeah i thought that was a really interesting scene in when i saw that first avengers movie for the first time that he was like yeah this is your natural state yeah and i was kneeling yeah but then that comes, I would say then, like, we could argue that, you know, that comes back to, are you doing, doing the thing? Well, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, you're uh, kneeling for something. You're, like, are kneeling you, to some kingdom. Yeah. Are you kneeling to something out of fear, or are you mm-hmm. kneeling to something out of a trusting <clears throat> devotion? Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, and I think that that is supposed to be, it. the good news, the gospel is supposed to be good mm-hmm. news, that God loved the world, not that God so hated the world, but that. God loved the world that he sent his son, that he has actually overcome capital D death through condemning sin in the flesh of Christ, but not by condemning Christ. It's a, that's all hard. Just the, (laughs) just the gospel. Yeah. Just, oh yeah. It's it's just the, yeah. It's, um, I mean, it's complicated. It's, I mean, it's it's complicated to really. I I think that there's there's the level of like knowing that okay somehow through love that God loves me, mm-hmm. and maybe the gospel could. I was thinking it it could maybe be boiled down to just the the idea of that love is a stronger power than death. Mm. Oh man, it, wow, that's a that's a good boil down. <laughs> the love, yeah, love, love is, conquers death. Love, yeah, the love is a stronger power than death. Yeah. Which is what all of our movies are about. Yeah. Maybe because we're so I mean, the Matrix. in culture or whatever. I can't let like, you die. Yeah. So I guess <laughs> maybe someone would argue like it's just because we're like so steeped in like what Western Christian culture is made. But it's like all of our stories that we like is that love is stronger than death. Like that's the story we want to hear. Yeah. There is like death happens and then love was stronger than it. And that's what we like to hear. Yeah. And it like settles well with us in yeah. our <laughs> some deep inside part. But if there was this man who actually did bodily come back from the dead, which I'm kind of more and more convinced that the historicity of that actually is, is there. So, is like, so, yeah. Then that really means that that is then the, the crossroads of history. And mm-hmm. that is something worth resetting our calendars for. Like, sure, sure. I mean, yeah. I, I love in Louis C.K.'s uh, stand-up uh, 2017, he's like, Christianity won. Christianity. We just all have to admit it. Christianity won. It's like, oh, you don't, you don't believe me. You don't believe me. Let me, let me ask you a question. What year is it? (laughs) (laughs) Which that's so funny to think about. Like, like, uh, that he goes into something about like how old somebody is. (laughs) Who's like 30. But, like, wait, what year is it? Uh, it's uh, three. But, uh, but I'm, I'm 30. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
Uh, I can't remember how it all goes. Anyways. Uh, man, I, I kind of went on to it. I, I kind of dominated the. No, that's great. Bit of the conversation there. Sorry. This is just officially I, a. We should just put us under. Oh, is it? We're still recording. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We just need to move our podcast category under religious now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to though because I'm not smart enough. I'm not. I don't want to really be held to account. No. Knowing things, really knowing things. I want to be able to say I'm against any of these things the moment I want. (laughs) No, but But I think, and I'm sure, like, not to talk about it again, but Josh Llewellyn's podcast, I'm excited to check out because, from what I can tell, it's about that idea of like, oh hey, we realized some of the story we told was we have been told is like crap. So we tore it apart, and now you're like, we're trying to rebuild what do you think is actually true, and what's actually worth yeah. spending your life on. Yeah. And we've seen a lot of stuff in pop culture is like, just not worth spending your life on. So like, right. what is true, you know? Yeah. And Well, yeah, I need to go back and finish doing what I was doing. I was starting to go through Romans, and just, like, I want to go through and just try to put a lot of the new Testament into my own words. Mm. Like I started doing that with Romans and one of the first in the first, uh, chapter, he says, Christ not only gave us a new life, but he gave us a purpose for that life. Mm. And I think that that's going to take a long time for me to fully uncover. I think it has something to do with living in the spirit, being indwelt by the spirit, becoming a new creation. Um, but that's what what we I think right now we're all pretty hungry f- for purpose. Yeah, yeah, for for yeah. a new life and for a purpose for a new life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I think it's I think it's worth taking seriously. And as I've been reading like uh, proverbs and the wisdom of Solomon, it says. Uh, the in some places, you know, it says the the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I also found where it says the beginning of wisdom is a sincere heart that is a sincere heart that seeks truth. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's sincere being being able to like not just look for the things you already want to be, but to the things that actually are, even if they contradict, and especially if they contradict with what you think is. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, sincerity and humility is huge in that sense. Yeah. Anyways, it's got a little long. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. We'll have that fixed audio up probably tonight. (laughs) Yeah, and then I'll probably upload this tomorrow. Okay, cool. All right. Thanks, Lenny. Love you, man. Love you, too. See ya. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Be good to yourselves.